Welcome back to another episode of Wild Quincy. Chris Ketters here with you with my best buddy Travis Hoffman. And Travis, I'm excited because we get to open it up and not only have uh, two co-hosts for this episode, but a third co-host. I'm proud to bring in Chad Douglas. Chad, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Good. Travis, I'm sorry I skipped you. How are you doing? A little threatened, Chris. A little threatened, Chris. I mean, we got this hotshot TV, former TV guy coming in here, and uh, I don't know, intimidation factor. It's kind of there, man. So, no, Chad, it's great to have you. It's funny. My my mom always kept me updated of the early morning news because I I, I just never watched it. But now I feel like I see you more with your involvement with the Salvation Army and the Croc Center on Facebook. You've been doing a lot of great promotions for the different things you have going on. So I think I see you more now on uh, on Facebook these days. Uh, Oddly enough, I've had family members tell me the same things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, I'm 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 so excited to be here tonight. Well, and that's I was going to say the same thing. I I don't know how often I get up before. 6 a.m. or I definitely maybe even before 8 a.m. and that how many years did you do that Chad? <laughs> a lot uh nine years the last run and then I did it for like five years before that oh wow. so it was like a 2 a.m. 2 to 3 a.m. wake up call so goodness I, I don't miss that but I still find myself <laughs> getting up around that time of day every day and it's kind of you've been programmed now you can't break it huh exactly yeah. oh that's exactly. horrible so so did you did you at least stay up real late the first night you didn't have to go to work in the morning early I still don't stay up real late I you know <laughs> kind of behind the curtain here we're we're recording this at almost eight o'clock at night and between eight and eight thirty is bedtime. So <laughs> used used to be seven thirty was bedtime. So I've moved it up an hour, but that's probably why I still get up so early. We'll try not to bore you too much here, Chad. We'll give you a poke oh, if you start. Yeah, we'll be great. <laughs> I'll keep you awake. So real quick before we do, you did switch over the Salvation Army. What are you doing there now? So I'm working in the development department, which is uh, fundraising and and meeting with donors. Uh, COVID made that pretty difficult to meet one-on-one with donors. So that's why we did the big social media push. And I'm very thankful that they let me do the only thing that I was ever trained to do and do some stories and tell some stories and, and use Facebook as an outlet. So that was very grateful that they let me kind of kind of do that and get my feet wet. Things are going really well. It's it's a very different pace. I bet. Yeah. Well, it's that especially. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but now you're back on podcast with us. So there you go. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Glad to be here. Before we get started, we get into uh, this week's episode, which I'm super excited about because, Travis, we, we've done some pretty heavy hitters to start off with our first two episodes. This is the first time going into an episode where I feel like I haven't been like Rain Man into a certain topic and researching to like two in the morning looking for something that happened 100 plus years ago, Chris. So I feel yeah. a little... I feel, you know, I feel a little awkward. I don't know what to do with my hands, you know? It's strange. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens here. Yeah. So we're doing these four different segments for each, like, four different episodes. So we did we did a crime, I believe, and we've done a, a place or time. This is what we couldn't come up with a better name for except for fun. <laughs> because we want to do something fun for, for a difference for an episode. But before we get into that, Travis, you are going to present us with a question of the day. Chad, are you ready for this question of the day? You betcha. All right, Travis, All righty, buckle up here. And this may be a source of much controversy as hmm. the Uh-oh. as the things change so fast on a daily basis in Quincy. And you'll understand why in just a moment when I lay it on you here. But the question of the day is this. According to Google Maps, and that's where you can send your angry letters, what are there more of in Quincy? 
bars or churches? So it's a pretty straightforward question. Uh, you know, which one is, is more? We'll let you mull it over. The exact number is a tip, a little bit of controversy. Things change. You know how bars are, <laughs> especially in these days. I have a sad feeling some may have dwindled. Um, but people like to booze it up in Quincy and then make up for it on Sunday. So it's a pretty good number either way. <laughs> All right, so that is the question of the day. We'll have the answer to that question of the day coming up at the end of this episode. But for right now, we got to tell you about what this episode is all about. And this episode is titled That Time There Was One Guy That Was on TV. <laughs> we'll have that coming up for you next here on Wild Quincy. <laughs> This is Allison, and now back to Wild Quincy with Travis and Chris. Back here on Wild Quincy, and uh, by the way, thanks to the people that are sending in uh, voicemail messages to our voicemail and doing those return liners. I think Allison just did a return liner for us there, so uh, thank you so much, Allison, for uh, giving us a call. You can do that. We got a cool number, Chad. 612-666-WILD is our number. And how did you get that number? By complete luck. Really? <laughs> Good for you. I, we wanted the wild on the end, sure. so we were looking for the wild, and then by accident, a 666 came up. We're like, how perfect is that? Yeah. You gotta do that. So, yeah, give us a call. Also, check us out on Patreon. We're on there as well, and I think we just convinced Chad to come and do the Patreon bonus episode hmm. with us. Uh, so come and uh, talk to uh, Let's hope so. Chad. Yeah, <laughs> so. Gotta have to now, huh? <laughs> yeah, really yeah. tease that one, huh? Yeah. We pot committed you to that one sorry chad let's get into this week's episode it's that time there was a guy on tv and ironically what we're doing here is we are doing the top five list uh, each one of us did a top five list of famous quincians they they could be anything in any broad spectrum uh, we didn't give much rules to the to the list or how it would happen it was kind of your own feelings of what you felt the top five list was going to be so each one of us came up with our own top five i have the list in front of me travis and chad do not know each other's list so that's yeah, pretty cool. It's exciting. So we'll, Sneaky. So we'll be able to kind of play around a little bit. There are some repeats, which is interesting, but there's not many repeats. So for us to have 15 of these people in this list, uh, to not have very many repeats is, is saying a lot about the city of Quincy in general. So Before we get into it, Chris, yeah, sure. I had a thought. Since this is such an open category of top five Quincyans, why don't we go around the room here and kind of get in each other's head on how we classified somebody as Good being idea. a famous Quincy and what were the rules in your own mind when you went and selected these people? Ooh, Chad. For, yes, Chad, start us well, off here. Well, I have a very random mind, which is why I like to play trivia tournaments because yeah. I have a lot of stuff going on in the brain and very right. deep down is a lot of weird stuff that just pops out when uh, <laughs> I need it. So my list is very random. Uh, and it was it was hard when when I started to to look at this and uh, I'm not a big sports fan, but I was like, you know, just because I'm not a sports fan doesn't mean I should exclude that category. Sure. Um, and there were things like, do, do I look for people who are who are uh, famous now or do I look for yes. people who are famous in history? Do I look for people who maybe did something that really impacted the country? You might not know their name, but what they did was great and something we, we live with now. So that was kind of my thing. And then I, I had some alternates, too. 
uh, because there are a lot of good people from Quincy. And I think that, yeah. I think we should be proud of that. Chris, how about you? You know, I'm on the same boat. Uh, you know, I didn't really base it off of like, wow, this guy has been on TV a lot or, or, or things like that. I based it on kind of what Chad was saying is, is things in history that are maybe not in people's mind, but yet are such important pieces of the history of the you know the united states or even the world in some instances that were impacted by people that lived or grew up in quincy so i guess you know again i didn't base it off of you know how many hours somebody was on tv or some movie or something you know based it off of more like that travis how about you well you know i think chad really hit the nail on the head it was tough because there were so many ways to spin this and to look at it i found myself getting in a lot of mental ruts on how to do this So I thought, let's go by the book here. And by the book, I mean uh, Webster's Dictionary. Uh, Famous. What is it? It's known about by many people. So with that in mind, I kind of had to mentally calibrate the the ways that people are notorious, the ways that people are famous, but from now all the way into the past. So who may have been a celebrity in the 1950s, maybe would be dwarfed by the presence of social media and by the general information that somebody knows about somebody just by the consumption of media today. So I, I really found myself splitting a lot of hairs to, to create this list, which I don't necessarily like the fact that maybe every the order of my list, but I kind of felt like, okay, I, I had I had myself in a, painted into a corner a little bit where I felt like I had to go down that road. So that, that gets a little insight into my head. Chris, you're the master of ceremonies. You're the keeper of the keys. Let's get us <laughs> well, started here. It's funny that you say that because I, both of you guys, again, I kind of gave you an outline of, okay, we're looking for the top five Quincians. Just make us a list. And you guys were really asking a lot of questions. And not only that, <laughs> but then you also were like, I don't have the list done yet. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a little more time. It's difficult. <laughs> yeah, so I get, of course, I was a little more frivolous with my, my list, and I was like, ooh, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Ooh, yeah, they got to be. My number one, though, my number one has been my number one since I came up with the idea for this episode. So um, if that gives you an idea, I, I think I'm, that's... I'm curious to see good. if your number one, because I have, I, my, my number two was my number one for a really long time, and then I switched them, and then I was like, gosh, did I make the right decision? So I'm curious to see if your number one was is my number two. Ooh, so yeah, we still have some some mystery in yeah. Uh, so so yeah, it's gonna be fun. Well, all right, let's kick it off. I, I, I this first one, I'm gonna hand it off to our co-host Chad here because I don't know this person at all. Uh, talk to us about your number five. My number five is actually three people that collectively make up a group, and it's uh, the the group Avenue Beat. Um, they're three oh, young yes. ladies. They currently live in Nashville. Sammy Bearden, Savannah Santos, and Sam Backoff moved to Nashville after graduating from Quincy Senior High. I think it was 2015 they graduated. I know these young ladies. I've known them for years. They were on KHQA many times with us when we did Party on the Patio. I've traveled to Nashville a couple times to do some interviews with them. They had a really good 2020 uh, with their viral hit that they put out on TikTok, uh, and we'll just call it F2020. You can introduce what the F stands for. Huge. and it got huge on TikTok, and then it started getting radio play. And I was at work one day in our Hannibal family store, and all of a sudden I heard it on the radio. And it's like, I can't imagine being one of those young ladies or their parents or siblings who still live in, in the area and hearing it, how exciting, because I was so excited just because I had the personal touch with them. So I, I put them kind of as, as number five, simply because I hope they move up this list. And I hope 2021 treats them uh, even better than 2020 did. They, they've been on a lot of... Uh, watch list of industry experts and and saying uh, these are an artist to keep an eye on they've even been uh, retweeted and instagrammed 
for their hits by uh, famous celebrities, Marin Morris, Will Smith and others. So oh. I, I follow them on social. And so whenever they get some love from a, from a, a star, they're very excited and I'm just excited for them too. And I, I hope they continue their, their ride up my list. <laughs> that's wow. a great, that's a great pick, Chad. I, I I didn't even think about it, but it seems so obvious now. That's what's yeah, fun about this. I think there's some one sleepers of mine that, very current. Yeah. Well, I've heard that. I've heard that song, but I didn't, I had no idea that that yeah. was, that was a, a local. So that's, that's very cool. Very cool. All right. Yeah. So Travis, uh, again, one of the things here we're going to do is, is if we're, in, there's a couple cases where people's number is already picked in a lower selection or right. their name is already picked. And Travis, we're coming out of the gate with your number five already being in the lower <laughs> in the list. Yeah, it's, it's going to skip over it, right, Chris? Is yeah, that so what we're, we're yes. going to skip over that. We'll come We'll come back for your number four. I'm going to give my number five real quick. And my number five actually goes into the sports world. My number five is a 1983 Quincy Notre Dame graduate. She went on to win the bronze medal in the U.S. National Women's Volleyball Team uh, in the 92 Olympics in Barcelona. Her name is Karen Kemner, and she is my number five pick. Karen is, uh, which I found cool, not only is she a winner of a bronze medal, a gold, any sort of medal from the Olympics, that is an awesome thing to have, but also she's the men's and women's volleyball coach at Culver Stockton today. You don't hear very often that you have a female being a men's volleyball coach and a, and a women's volleyball coach so my number five is is karen kemner and karen was on my short list yeah 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 i thought about her too chad we're back to you for your number four pick well i will continue with the sports theme then and i'll go with da weibring who is a professional golfer from quincy he's yes. won five pga events read a little research on him that his dad started playing him at such a very young age and it proved very successful obviously He's also finished uh, many times in the top 10 PGA events, and he's now part of the Illinois PGA Hall of Fame. I have an autographed golf glove and ball from D.A. Weibering. Really? Somewhere in my mother's basement, I believe. Yes. My story on that is my mom actually graduated from high school with D.A., so she always talked about oh. that she knew D.A. Weibering when she was growing up. <laughs> She's like, I know who that is. I went to school with him. Yeah. It's funny um, that the sports world is definitely figuring it into. There's another sports uh, player that I have a little bit later on that's that's kind of in that same. Uh, Travis, we get to you finally for your number four pick. What is your number four Number four pick, it was almost D.A. Weibering. <laughs> I, I was doing, I was trying to crunch the numbers over here. And he didn't quite make my cut, but still obviously a great choice. My number four is someone that I'm not overly familiar with personally because of the time difference in our our livelihoods, I guess you could say. It was film star Mary Astor. And Mary, you know, was way back in 1906 where she was born. Had a big career in in the Hollywood movies in the silent movie days. When talkies arrive, she had what was considered too much of a masculine voice. So that segue into the uh, the pictures with sound was a bit rough for her. Um, nonetheless, had some very big uh, roles, appeared with Clark Gable. Uh, don't have the biggest uh, list right in front of me here. I think the Maltese Falcon, potentially, she was in. Yeah, so this, is, this was kind of in my way. I'm thinking, well, back in this time frame, you can't get much bigger than being on the silver screen. You know, it's the only really thing you could do for a good time is to go check out the movies. So 
everything on the terms of scalability, probably a little renowned. Plus, I wanted to feature her because I wasn't for sure if she'd make the cut anywhere else. And, and Quincy always does like to claim her and uh, give a little love to Mary Astor, a silent and uh, talky movie screen star. She, Travis, I, she almost made my list, too. Uh, the one thing caught me, and I don't think you mentioned it, was that she won an Oscar. Yeah, it could be. I Yeah, I think you're right. I, I didn't dive super deep into her works. But, she won uh, a, From what I have here, she won an Oscar for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. So, well, there you I mean, go. For Oscar a Quincyan yeah. to win an Oscar, that's, that's pretty cool. That's huge. So, moving along quickly here, we're going to go to my number four is another sports figure. And I'm going this time to another person that won into the Olympics, and that is Nicole Kramer. Nicole Kramer is a 1983 graduate of Quincy Notre Dame. She was a uh, swimmer, and Ooh. she represented the United States as a 14-year-old in the 1976 Summer Olympics in Quebec. She finished fifth in the event final for the women's 800-meter freestyle. By a time, by the way, her time was eight minutes and 47 seconds. Uh, she is the youngest swimmer to compete for the United States in the Summer Olympics since 1976. Wow. Interesting. So another sports figure hitting up uh, my top five list. Chad, I think we're on to your number three pick. Who do you have at that number three spot? Okay, so one of the things in making my list was also like when you determine Quincy, were they born here? Did they spend a good portion of their life? I mean, I'm a Hannibal native, so they claim Mark Twain. Well, Mark Twain actually spent his boyhood home there. He wasn't born there. He was born in Florida, Missouri. So I was like, where you know, where do I go? So this, my number three was actually born in Rawls County, Missouri. Father Augustus Tolton, who was widely regarded as the first black ordained Catholic priest. He was a former slave because uh, he was born in the 1800s. He actually was ordained in Rome on Easter Sunday in 1886. And this is the part, because he made the news a lot recently, um, even though he's been deceased for years, was that he's on his way to sainthood. Yes. And if it happens, hey, here's, here's uh, somebody from Quincy, or at least has Quincy ties, that's a saint. So he's right now, um, as the case, right now he is considered venerable. The next stage is beatification, and then that would be followed by canonization as a saint. So there's a couple things that have to happen, and they have to basically say that he performed two miracles across two different stages in order to be canonized. So that would make him a saint. He, saint. he could still be um, venerable and or, or beatified and not yet be a saint. So that's still ongoing over in the Vatican, but uh, I think that's really cool. On many levels, actually. And, and Travis, this was the one that we skipped for your number five. Uh, you mentioned him, oh. I think. What were we talking about him? Was that with the St. Francis School fire? Uh, it probably came up. It just so happens that the, the researcher that I was speaking to with a lot of the uh, School Sisters of Notre Dame actually was also the archivist at the Springfield Diocese at one point in her life. So she actually asked me if I knew about Father Gus when we were going back and back and forth father Gus, because we were tied obviously sure. and um no i said because he was definitely a very affable character but i actually did a lot of research about him uh for a i ran a website called q town about 10 years ago and did an article about him and has such a powerful story chad as, as um, you know you shared and uh, he's on a record pace, is my understanding, on the, the path to sainthood. Yeah, I think you're right. So, you know, it's exciting. It just so happened that when I was going back and forth with the, the archivist, she mentioned she found some, some interesting writings of his that, that showed that he was actually quite a, quite a spokesman for the, you know, the, 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 the rights, the black rights at the time. You know, it wasn't really dwell, dwelled upon very much, but apparently there was a lot of back and forth 
you know, sticking up for, you know, for his fellow black man at the time. And uh, it was an interesting twist that's never gotten a lot of coverage and yeah. uh, quite a amazing figure. It's a great picture. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know how long he was in Quincy, but he, his home church is considered Quincy. And then he, I think he went on to Chicago. But that's what made me think, like, he deserves to be a famous Quincy, and even though he's for my old stomping grounds of Rawls County. <laughs> Do we know a right, church who was that? Uh, possibly. He spent time at St. Peter's and maybe St. Boniface as well. I know St. Was... Peter had a has a statue. Of oh him. wow, really? He actually there was there was a a, a specifically you know African American church right there close to the library, about a block east. I think it was St. Joseph. It's not there anymore. What happened is I believe it was St. Boniface where who was actually getting quite mad at Father Gus because he was stealing all their parishioners. They were going to listen to him spe- speak because of all the amazing sermons he gave. So was there, there was this Catholic rivalry in town of, uh, of I think it was, I believe it was St. Boniface. Maybe, don't quote me on that 100%. might have been St. Dominic's. I don't remember. So yeah, interesting past. There is something with uh, St. Boniface because I know I've driven by the church and I know there's a Father Tolton thing there. Yeah, that could be. I think, yeah, Saint, I always kind of mix up St. Boniface and St. Dominic's for some reason. You know, that, that story with him is, is so interesting. I, I fully expect down the road we're going to be doing a full episode on, on him because there's, there's so much yeah, rich backstory on his time in Quincy, and, and especially when you have somebody that's looking at the path that he's going down, it's definitely going to be something we're going to have to look into in the future. Yeah. So, Travis, we are onward and upward to your number three. Who do you got for number three? Number three for me, Chris, is Michael Swango. Mm. Swango, correct? Swango? Swango. I, think, uh, I believe Swango. Thank you. I think everybody pretty much knows who this is. He's pretty fresh in the history of Quincy. Dr. Death, as he's become well-known, definitely a... Uh, I think it was up to 60 fatal poisonings in patients. He was a former American physician and admitted serial killer. Spent some time in Quincy, obviously. A lot of people still around knew him well, and there were some reports of, you know, carry-ins, I, th- I believe, in different offices where he was at where people felt sick. And I don't and I don't know if you guys know this off the top of your heads, but I don't believe anybody died specifically that was associated to him in Quincy. I'm not for sure if that's the case or not, but he definitely uh, was quite prolific in his dastardly ways. I believe he's still alive, serving serving in, uh, yeah, he's in uh, Fremont County, Colorado, in a supermax prison right now. So definitely a darker figure in Quincy's past, but nonetheless, definitely known, for better he or worse. He stayed pretty, air quotes, clean in Quincy. I don't yeah. think he ever had any anything. Chad, do you, do you I, I have anything? I don't recall. That? I know when I was with KHQA, we did a series. I had nothing to do with it. A, a co-worker of mine did. It was Emmy nominated too is is fantastic job that uh, Ross Green did, but I don't think anyone died. I think it was just illnesses, um, and he is still alive because I know back this time it's been a few years ago we reached out to him in Colorado in prison to see if he would do an interview with us, and he declined. Well, and I can tell you, Travis and I have discussed this already. This is going to be a future episode on on Wild yeah. Quincy for sure because you want to speak right. about the the bottom line of something that's wild. That is definitely one of them. That's for sure. Uh, we'll switch over to my number three. I can't get out of sports. I didn't realize this until I just until now. I actually <laughs> just now when we started doing this. I'm like, oh wow, this is a sports guy too. But he doesn't play sports. That's that's the key to this one. My number three. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the name. I'm going to tell you what what he owns. He owns the Liverpool Football Club, 
the Boston Red Sox, the Boston Globe, and is also the co-owner of the Roush Fenway Racing Team. His name is John William Henry, and he is from Quincy. Did you guys know that? I did, and I, I'll, I'll call you out one, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the Quincy because, you know, you're the co-host of the show. But he actually <laughs> was more like Paloma Fowler because oh my can we we could take adams county okay come on it's not famous adams county in chris <laughs> <laughs> my good friend tegan orpit who i worked with at khqa lived her childhood home was his home like that's where he lived oh, yeah wow. so she had uh, that's cool yeah that was always a cool story that she shared that she lived in john henry's home yeah that's where she grew what up what a what a change in life from was it paloma yeah. you say or yeah it's right outside right? paloma Fowler to owning <laughs> owning major Sox NASCAR and, yeah. teams. That's <laughs> yeah something else. I was not aware of him. He's not on my yeah, radar. That's, that's a good interesting one. find, Chris. Net worth uh, at one point one billion dollars and doing okay. Um, doing yeah, okay. doing pretty good. So, but I, I didn't know. I did not know about the Boston uh, any of that stuff. Actually, that's really cool. That uh, that's. I think we can get him on the show. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's pretty bored. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing going on. It's not like he owns it. He's probably a listener already. I've Chris. been I've been to his house. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Big time. Um, all right. So that is my number three. So here's the deal, guys. Uh, we talked about this before at the beginning when we started going, is that we didn't have very many that were the same. But when it came down to it, all of our number twos were the same. <laughs> not with the, really? Not exactly the same, but they were on somebody else's list. So to make this a little bit easier and a little bit quicker, we are going to jump the boat a little bit and jump up to our number ones. And I know it sounds like, we're, we're jumping the boat here. Hey, but it's your podcast. You can do what you want. Good point. That's a great point, Chad. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to jump to our number ones because our number twos, except for mine, I will give you this, that my number two was Mary Astor as well. So oh, my number two was Travis's number four. However, Chad's and Travis's number twos are other people's number ones. <laughs> So Chad, there'll be a quiz gonna, later, listeners. So yes, I hope you're taking yes. notes. If you're yeah. confused, yeah, now, like what? Like, no. Um, so Chad, let's do your number one to start out with. I feel like I need a drum roll or something. I'll put that in post. Okay, I was gonna say. I just there happen to go. be at a table. Actually, my my kid's <laughs> drum sets right uh, right over there. Um, my number one is someone who's very current. Like my number five was Avenue Beat. So this person is uh, very current and does all kinds of stuff from television to uh, some podcasting of his own. He is an author of a couple of books. I believe he has an Emmy or two on his shelf. And that's Jonathan Van Ness. Yas, who, queen. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was uh, born and raised in Quincy and is best known as a grooming expert on the Netflix show Queer Eye. However, as I mentioned, he's a podcast host. Um, he had a web series that earned him an Emmy nomination. Um, he has the two books, one of which the proceeds go to helping No Child Hungry. Long list of activities. This is a busy, busy man. He was just in a Super Bowl commercial uh, for Pop-Tarts. Well, I think I remember seeing the Super Bowl commercial. The, the uh, commercial might have been out before the Super Bowl. But anyway, he because he's a gymnast, he was actually Quincy High School's very first male cheerleader. Right, and that was right. kind of his claim to fame was the, the acrobatics and, and everything. So I met him once when he was still in high school as just a casual like, Hey, I'm Chad. Hey, I'm Jonathan. Nice to meet you kind of thing. What he's done, I think, for Quincy with the, the Queer Eye episode where he came back and redid the teacher's lounge and yeah. gave the music teacher, Kathy Dooley, a, a makeover was great. I mean, he they did local businesses and, and a lot of local businesses got some shout out, some love on Netflix. And that's just kind of good publicity you can't buy because in the last year, Quincy's had some negative publicity. Right. With you know COVID numbers and stuff. And now we're going back with the, the shots and getting good publicity. But I just I 
I think that's really cool what he's done for his hometown. Yeah, Chad, that was my number two. And, okay. uh, you know, I think you spoke eloquently on, on everything. He's just just such a ray of light. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. people that just project just positive attitudes. And, you know, it, it's it's something I think Quincy can be really proud of to, to you know, and the episode you spoke of on the queer, I come back to Quincy. It was kind of a great personal story of redemption for him as well. It appeared to be as obviously being bullied. It sounds like I didn't know him. We're about closer in age, but I, I was a Notre Dame guy and a couple years removed at that point. But uh, it, it was really touching to see all that, and uh, it really, it really kind of got you at the heartstrings. And and what a what a great way to portray Quincy is kind of that that comeback story of acceptance. And uh, you know that's great. Yeah, agreed. And as always, as just like with John Henry, uh, Jonathan, if you're listening, you're always welcome to Wild Quincy's podcast. I, I do know some of his close family members. So. <laughs> I do too, actually. Yes, we yeah, love yeah, I think we all do, actually. <laughs> okay, great number yeah. one there, Chad. That's an awesome number one. Travis, we are going to go to your number one. I think surely out of uh, just this being such a character in history that everyone learns about, I think is what put him at the number one spot in my mind. And that, of course, would be James Earl Ray. Uh, you know, I feel like we really don't need to give too much of a rundown about James Earl Ray, but he was an American fugitive and a felon convicted of assassinating Martin Luther King Jr. at a Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, on April 4th, 1968. He was convicted in 1969 after ending a, entering a guilty plea, thus forgoing a jury and ending the possibility of a death sentence. You know, shady character. I mean, this... Talk about uh, hitting the brakes on on a movement in America that really that really shook the headlines and having such a Quincy connection, you know, Chris. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but down the road we will probably be chatting about his cronies in the Quincy area, in uh, the not so uh, positive uh, maf- mafia connection days in town. But uh, definitely a, a huge character in Quincy with uh, you know not the painting Quincy in the best light, but nonetheless a son of Quincy. Sure, and so he. He was on my list as well, um, but I caught him after doing a little bit more research because he was from Ewing, Missouri, which I had father oh, from Ross County, and he spent some time here, but I didn't gather he spent a whole lot of time here. Like he, his family moved here when he was 18, and then he joined the military right. and left. So he definitely did some stuff here and in Hannibal too. Um, but yeah. one of those that I, it, that's an interesting trivia question when when people realize that he's from the area because it's associated with such a, a sad and devastating event. And such a, a huge part of American history, and he's from here. Sadly, I yeah. wish it was the other way around. It was he was more of a joyous person from here, of course. Um, I do want to point something out: having Father Gus on both your guys' lists, and then having James Earl Ray. But it's two extremes. You had had uh, the first black priest, and then you had somebody mm-hmm. that did this horrendous crime to a, a, a leader of, of the community. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm making more out of it than what it is, but I mean, I think it's kind of interesting that you have the kind of almost to an extent, two extremes coming from this area. Yeah. Two bookends to a, a movement in Quincy. Yeah. It feels yeah. like you're right. Well, I guess we're up to my number one and it's ironic because it's, it it's my number one was something that it, it helped it helped, but it also made things not good. Um, I'm going to start with the name. And I know, Chad, you know who this person is probably. And actually, Travis, you probably know who this person is. My number one is mm-hmm. a gentleman by the name of Paul Tibbetts. 
And you guys, most people, I'll be honest with you, until I started researching this, I did not know this. So this is this is new to me. So learning about this has been pretty interesting. But why Paul Tibbetts is so important is because Paul was the pilot of the Enola Gay. And the Enola Gay was the first plane, a B-29 Super Fortress, that dropped what is known as the Little Boy, which is the first of the two atomic bombs, in the Japanese city of Hiroshima. Again, kind of going with the James Earl Ray, it's bad because <laughs> what it was. But, I mean, ultimately, it probably, I mean, again, don't want to get too deep in the, in the weeds here, but ultimately it probably helped save a lot of American lives and what happened. But, yeah, that is uh, Paul Tibbetts from Quincy, grew up in Quincy. And, by the way, I did find this really interesting, guys, is that Enola Gay, I didn't realize that. I always thought that was a weird name for a plane. Do you guys know why, where that name came from? His mom. Yeah. His mom. That was his mom's name. The plane with the with the atomic bomb is also a person's name from Quincy. <laughs> a person's from Quincy. So that is my number one. Um, but it's, I don't know, what do you guys think? It's pretty wild that, that he's... I think it's a great number one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't help but wonder if, if his mom was still living at the time and how the family dinners went after that. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Had to name the plane after me? Paul? Yeah, because I'm sure the plane was named before he got the assignment to drop the bomb. But one, one yeah. would hope, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, it's a obviously a huge polarizing event in history, but nonetheless an important one and uh, ties to Quincy. I do want to say real quick, add this on there that that he was chosen. There, he did so many other things too. He flew a lead plane in the first American daylight heavy bombing mission in occupied Europe. In August of 1942, and then also he was the uh, let's see the says here the first American raid of more than 100 bombers in Europe in October of 42. It, but he was also chosen, which I thought was very interesting, by future President Dwight D. Eisenhower to be the pilot really? to fly the plane with the atomic bomb. Tibbets was was my number one for a really long time, and when it came down to just brass tacks, I had to put them in order. Um, I ended up putting him at number two, and I can't I, I can't really say why I moved him out of number one. The, the reason I definitely had him on my list, because when you asked me to be part of this podcast, Chris, he was the first person who came to mind. Yeah. Um, in, in doing some research, though, he told some reporters, he said, quote, I'm proud that I was able to start with nothing, plan it, and have it to work perfectly as it did. I sleep clearly every night, because that's what I wondered, and that's the mm-hmm. end of the quote there, of sleeping, was like, how do you go and, and – kill 80,000 people, some 35,000 others are hurt, but how many lives were saved because of what he did? Mm -hmm. And he was ordered to do that. Um, He also goes on to say with another article that his driving interest was to do the best job he could so he could get, so he could end the killing as quickly as possible. So on one hand, and he was very much hailed a hero for what he did because he effectively ended the war with Japan there of World War II with the US. So yeah, but I, I, I wondered like, how does he sleep at night? knowing the devastation he caused, but he said, you know, I sleep very clearly. Mm-hmm. Interesting list because you have history, you have military, you've got religion. Um, we didn't do politics. <laughs> yeah. <there. laughs> we should just skip right on, on by that. But we had such a great, you know, entertainment, sports. We, we just had a, a nice array of, of people. 
yeah, definitely. Which again speaks very highly of Quincy. Yeah, and that's 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 what I was getting ready to say. Is it's just so amazing of of the wide spectrum of famous people. And again, for me personally, and I don't know about you guys, but for me personally, it opened my eyes. I didn't realize that the some of the people that came from the Quincy and Quincy area, Paloma Fowler, <laughs> right. um, that they that we had such an influence in, in definitely the United States and, and the world for that most part. Travis, any surprises to you? Uh, Chris, you had some some good sports uh, related people weren't on my radar potentially. So no, I think it was interesting to see everyone's measure of how to make this list, and th- that we did find some common ground in between it all, but also managed to have a diverse audience of, of people that maybe uh, maybe are learning about it for the first time in being listeners here, and that's always great to expose somebody to another angle of a hometown that uh, adds more interest and more dimension to it. Can I say one other thing? Because this person, and I know we, we kind of talked about not doing honorable mentions, but I found a guy who's not necessarily famous, but I just feel like this day and age, I had to give him some love. His name is Max Carl Starklov, and he was a doctor born in Quincy, ended up moving to St. Louis, and during the 1918 influenza pandemic, he's the one credited with starting social distancing. Wow. <laughs> and so Timely. here in 2021, we sit there and go like, wow, social distancing was started by a doctor who was from Quincy. That's wild. That's a great Wild, guy. huh? Wild. That's great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, our top 10 list. I feel like, again, he mentioned honorable mentions. I think there's going to be another future top 10 list, uh, top five list coming again, because there's just so many more that we didn't get a chance to mention. And hopefully we'll have that coming up your way. But ladies and gentlemen, that is the time. There was that one guy on TV. <laughs> softer, smoother hands. That's what happens when you use Neutrogena hand cream. On sale now with Jack for just $3.49. Just a little dab provides fast relief for even seriously chapped hands. Use it on elbows, knees, feet, anywhere skin needs a little extra help. Neutrogena hand cream, one of the many fine Neutrogena products from Jack, where we make skincare savings easy. Jack, only Jack will do. Jax. Who remembers Jax? Only mm. Jax will do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I had to do some digging. And, and Chad, this is this is your ultimater uh, with, with KHQA. There's a lot of old newscasts that I can find online still, like way back in the day. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, so a lot of those are coming from that. That Jax ad was actually a 1993 KHQA ad that was running. So yeah, 1993, not, yeah, not much no. happening here. <laughs> yeah, the, it, was dry, very it was a slow year. <laughs> It's a boring year. Pretty dry. That's sand. That's <laughs> sand. So let me tell you, because I found uh, some pretty cool stuff. I did not know the stuff. Uh, Jax was, uh, if you don't know, if you're a little bit younger, Jax was in the building originally. Well, not originally. It used to be in the building where Shopko was at. Shopko bought out Jax uh, actually back in 1997. Uh, by the way, that uh, Shopko acquired him for $61 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wow. Jack store in Quincy was the first one, and it was originally located on 48th and Broadway. So here, I'm going to throw this out because it were, we had some people that responded about the John's Home Center uh, last week about mm-hmm. what was there before. Some people thought it was a um, thought it was a grocery store that was That's there right. before John's Home Center. So, but we haven't got a confirmation on that. I, I don't want you to say it, but do you remember what store was at 48th and States before Jacks? Before Jacks. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
because you got to remember that's not the original location of where the where Shopko's at because right. Shopko's what thirtieth and Broadway is that thirty sixth right? I think yeah yeah no thirty sixth would be your like, oh yeah thirty it's like thirty second it's a weird somewhere yeah. between thirtieth and thirty sixth yeah, yeah. By, the, by the by the movie theater I guess I was thinking it was that the the location you're speaking of Chris being further out on Broadway was the original location you know, so maybe I, I might don't be know. thinking about something else there what's the <laughs> I'm, I'm you think so too, Chad? Thinking you're thinking something else. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was always Jacks to start with, but I could be wrong. Well, the, originally the location started in 1962. Um, it was a 10,000 square foot store, and it was located on 48th and Broadway. Do you guys remember being in there as as younger kids? Oh yeah, it was massive, wasn't yeah. it? Wasn't there a, like a ramp walkway yes. down into the other building? I mean, I remember it being just cavernous as a child there was something it was because they built onto yeah, it it was huge of course i was a lot smaller of course when you're a child everything's cavernous. <laughs> and then sure. do you guys do you guys remember too. there was a family destination location in one of those buildings after jacks mm-hmm. do you guys remember the name of it no no family fun center i believe was the name okay i believe there was indoor mini golf um some refreshments yeah. And uh, probably some arcade games, if memory serves. Very, very bizarre transition yeah. before it was acquired and is now a church. County markets at forty eight. I say now it's Madison Park Christian Church. Yeah, full circle. I am. That's right. what you're. That's what you're thinking. No, I'm actually thinking across the street. So the county market yeah, building county market on forty eighth and Broadway oh, was sure. used to be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I know, I know that one. Yeah, yeah I do too. <laughs> so, uh, Jax, anyway, unfortunately, again, um, they closed in uh, 1997. And by the way, if you want to check it out, I was doing some. I was doing some research. There is a Facebook page. It's called Jack's Discount Store. Oh, um, yeah. It's like a group page, and there's a bunch of old pictures uh, of Jack's stuff, like the store, employees, and stuff. So if you're bored. And you're on your phone, take a look at that, because it's kind of cool to see some of those old pictures uh, from Jax. So there you go. Another throwback ad for you here on Wild Quincy. Now, Travis, I think we're getting ready fun to... fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah. This is, I, we got a lot of comments on how fun uh, the uh, throwback ads are. and hope They're hard to find, though. Yeah. I will tell you yeah. that. If <laughs> you have any, let us find. know. Wildquincy at gmail.com. Yes. We're always looking for more, by the way. Let's jump to our final piece of the puzzle because I know that uh, Chad and I have just been straining this whole episode trying to figure out what this question is. Give us what the question of the day was again, Travis. Okay, here we go. We're swinging back around. According to Google Maps, which does Quincy have more of? Bars or churches? Let's go around, Robin. Chad, what do you think? I would like to say churches, but I think it's bars. Interesting, Chris. So your your final answer is bars. Bars, yeah. I'll go churches. Okay. Well, my count, and this count is probably going to be very controversial because of how things change and how Google Maps listings work. I have the number as seventy-two churches and sixty-two bars. So, so God is eking by just a little bit. So one's holier than others when it comes to the spirits. But there's quite enough to go around for anybody. And Chris, where does that put us in two weeks for the next episode? Why are it we talking about It does put this? us to our next episode, and that's talking about that exact reason. You hear it all the time. You've heard it. 
your whole time you've been in Quincy. Why are there so many churches and why are there so many bars in this town? We're going to dig into that in our next episode um, and try to answer that question because there's some interesting stats going way back in the day of looking about even numbers of churches back in the 1800s. And so we'll dig all into that in our next episode, Wild Quincy, which, by the way, is our unexplained episode. That wraps up our first four segments. We'll be swapping around back to uh, time or place coming up in a few weeks. But before we wrap things up, reminders real quick. Go to our Facebook page. Check things out. We, we're starting to build up. Uh, we got a lot of people on our Facebook page now. Also, if you want to support us and help us with the show, go to our Patreon. And the reason why I bring up Patreon is because we have our bonus episodes. you got two bonus episodes on there now. Also, we have our episode, our video episode we did for uh, Freddie Lieb that you can also check out on there. We ended up being like an hour-long video, but uh, really a lot of great information there that Travis was able to pick up on that. So you can check that out for free on Patreon. Chris. While you're there, also uh, subscribe. Talk to me about Patreon. I got some questions about Patreon. I don't think everybody knows what Patreon is all about. So tell me a little bit about why, what it is and why we're utilizing it with Wild Quincy. Sure. Well, unfortunately, uh, not everything in the world's free, and we wish it was, <laughs> but it's not. Um, so this does cost us a little money. So to help us offset some of our costs, you can actually subs- become a subscriber to us. And you give us, uh, there's certain donations levels you can jump into, and you can uh, you can support our podcast and help us pay some of our bills that we get uh, here on uh, Wild Quincy. And by the way, again, those bonus episodes, they're fun. We're more laid back, uh, not as structured by any means, but uh, we we like to dig into some of the cool, fun stories. And by the way, I think our next Patreon episode, our bonus episode, is going to be digging into a cool newspaper article I found back in 1896 talking about famous Quincyans um, from 1896. So we're going to go way back in the record books uh, to take a look at that. So uh, just go check it out. Also, we're on Buy Me a Coffee. If you want to check that out, uh, you can check that out as well. Uh, Chad, we can't thank you enough for coming on and co-hosting this episode with us. It's been a lot of fun and uh, definitely hope you're going to come back for another one. Absolutely. And I want to thank you guys, too, for thinking of me. This was this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. For Travis Hoffman, I'm Chris Getters. And thanks again to Chad Douglas for joining us. You've been listening to Wild Quincy. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.